2: Welcome to Don't Call It Small Business. I'm your host, Natasha Foreman. If you don't know me and you have no clue what this podcast is all about, let me share a bit. I am the CEO of Foreman & Associates, LLC, and Don't Call It Small is where we talk all things business. And. We share tips and news that you can use, and highlight the people and ideas behind the products and services that we buy. To learn more about me and my company, please visit foremanllc.com. That's foremanllc.com. Oh my goodness! Um, how are you guys doing today? It's Wednesday. Yes, all day Wednesday, right? <laughs> yesterday was rough for me. Oh my goodness. Um, I taught on campus and I was wrapping up some administrative things when I started getting these stabbing pains on the left side of my chest and I was already exhausted. And then now this was happening. So I started digging through my huge handbag, you know, one of those huge bags that clearly were made that big because you should have everything that you need in there to save the world and two more planets. Yeah, that big. But guess who left her aspirin in her gym bag at home so she didn't have any on her? Yep, uh, that was me. (laughs) Oh, Lord. The only thing that I had on me was an over-the-counter allergy pill. So I let that dissolve in my mouth. Well, I take that back. I had an over-the-counter allergy pill and I had Tic Tac. I felt like the Tic Tacs weren't going to do much, so I went ahead and dissolved the allergy pill in my mouth (laughs) as I gathered my senses. Uh, It was crazy. It took me several hours to get comfortable once I was home. I felt so beat down um, that I just chose to disconnect from the world for the rest of the day. I didn't reply to an email or anything else, I just rested. I was already feeling worn out from pulling an all-nighter, and I didn't go to bed till after 5:30 in the morning. So I was just, <laughs> I was just beat down. I share this with you as a reminder. It's not for sympathy. It's not even for empathy. I share this as a reminder um, to listen to your body, get rest, don't skip your daily exercise, even if it's only for five minutes. Um, fill your mind and body with goodness. And that means toss the toxic crap to the side. Hopefully this helps someone. You know, we're all trying to navigate through life's uh, storms and journeys and everything. And we carry a lot of things. And with all of that, um, you may not pay close attention to what's going on to you and your body. So hopefully that was a message for someone out there. Now, moving right along, let's start out with some business news that you can use. Did you hear about the allegations made against industrial conglomerate General Electric, a.k.a. GE? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I shared this with my class yesterday on campus. It's in the early stages of hell opening up. (laughs) I mean, if you remember the forensic accountant who revealed the trickery of Bernie Madoff's Ponzi scheme then you know him to be Harry McCarpolis. Well, let me tell you a little, I'm going to try to condense it because it's really a lot and there was a lot of, I had to dig around and do a lot of research to gather everything to share with you today. Um, And if you want to read his, I think it's 170 or 175 page whistleblower report on GE, you're more than welcome to do so. Just go to GE fraud.com. Now let me say this. Don't just read the first page or even the first 20 pages of the report and then form an opinion. Either you read the entire report and form an opinion from that research and other research that you collect, or you casually read what you want and as much as you want and then just decline to state a position. Just do one of those two, okay? But please, 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 please don't go off of headlines and social media posts. I did say please. I mean, Nowadays, opinions are regarded as fact, which is absolutely ridiculous, and we have enough half and partial truths floating around the world as it is, so I'm just really stressing that people be more informed as you possibly can before jumping into a position, before you you know, reach a conclusion. Um, I was sharing that with my students yesterday, um, that our critical thinking skills are lacking, um, our common sense is really dragging behind. And so I'm just asking people (laughs) that you do more research before you form an opinion. Now, so that we're clear on that, let's continue this conversation because there's a lot of business lessons that we can learn from this story. Uh, Mark said that, GE's accounting practices flew on his radar when he attended industry luncheons where portfolio managers and analysts said they didn't believe GE's numbers could be true because they met or beat earnings estimates every quarter year after year. So when GE took that $15 billion hit about two years ago, it was because they miscalculated their long-term care numbers. And we'll talk more about long-term care because it's tied to insurance. And they left themselves really open for a much bigger hit. So what Markopoulos said in his interview, that GE should have boosted reserves years earlier to cover its unfunded long-term care liability. Instead, they waited until a new management team was in place. And if you recall, after only a year on the job, CEO and Chairman John Flannery was given the boot from GE, and he was replaced by their new um, CEO. Well, last summer... GE was kicked out of Dow Jones Industrial Average, and I don't think you know how big um, of a blow that was to them reputation-wise. I mean, you may, but I don't know if you do. So GE had been the longest... It's been the longest-serving component of the blue chip index at 111 years. So Markopoulos said that in comparison to Prudential Insurance... GE would need to increase their reserves by $9.5 billion immediately just to match Prudential. So they, in their report, they gave a comparison of another, you know, of, of someone, another um, organization, the comparable portfolio, so that you could see where GE was deficient. Now, I looked around because I always look. I believe in just keep digging, digging, digging good investigative reporter, right? Markopolis did disclose in an interview that his hedge fund client paid him for access to his GE report before it was released, revealing that he'd be paid through a percentage of the trading profits. And so the hedge fund has been shorting GE stock, and he wanted to cut folks off early who want to say he's only making these claims against GE for the money, which is exactly what GE's newest CEO, Larry Culp, said. Um, You know, He's now accusing Mercopolis of doing exactly that. And so what Mercopolis said to a reporter was that, you know, yeah, he's taking the money because his family needs to eat. But at the same time, um, he's not just he didn't just create this report for this this purpose. Um, So he wasn't going to turn down the hedge fund money when it rolls in. And I mean, there's not too many people that probably would if we're going to just keep it real. The Wall Street Journal started, you know, of course they did their own digging because they were the first to actually break the news about his report. And they said that if Markopoulos was doing it strictly for the money, then he would have had better odds of positioning himself a couple years ago before GE stocks started plummeting. Then he really could have cleaned up. Um, In my research on this story, I wanted to know how he became the whistleblower, like what, you know, how all this came about and the various articles that I found, including what he shared. Um, was that um, he started paying close attention to GE's capital unit, which is a financial service division. And it's often seen as what they call a black hole in the company, right? It just kind of goes into the abyss. And there they hold commercial and personal loans and insurance policies, which also include the long-term care. He and his team spent about seven months analyzing GE's accounting, and what they found is that they believe it's only the tip of the iceberg. And they allege that GE's accounting fraud dates back to as early as 1995 when the company was being led by Jack Welch. Now, he claims that, this is Markopoulos, not Jack Welch. Markopoulos claims that an accounting rule change for insurance liabilities and GE's lack of reserves to cover long-term care liabilities will leave GE with a $29 billion busted lip. Well, he didn't say busted lip. I'm saying busted lip. He claims that since GE changes its reporting formats every two to four years, it appears to have done so to prevent analysts from being able to make comparisons across time horizons. So if you know anything about accounting, you understand, um, not only accounting, but for analyzing for business, you understand the importance of seeing um, how a company is doing over periods of time. So plain English. What he's saying is that GE did this to make it impossible to analyze the performance of their business units. He's accusing them of doing this for one of two reasons. Either A, GE is concealing fraud or B, because they're incompetent and they can't keep proper books and records. Maybe GE will provide a third possible reason. I don't know. You know, what are your thoughts? I mean, something else could be that, hey, maybe every two to four years they have turnover and the new people stepping in, picking up the reins, do something totally different than the ones before them. Maybe they think their way is better. Maybe. Is that likely? Possibly. Possibly not. Um, I mean, to be clear, GE isn't the only company out there underestimating their long-term care liability reserves. Public pension funds and private companies have struggled to keep up with the growing cost to provide Healthcare for aging populations who are living longer than expected. So, I mean, you have to understand that when they do these long-term care policies, the premiums are written, um, they can't be like rewritten years later, like they're, they're locked in. And so actuaries will calculate or do an educated guess as to how long you and I will live based on our current age, gender, lifestyle. Too many people are living longer than what was expected, and the cost of taking care of them is really expensive. I used to be a life insurance agent in California and I'll simply say this. It's not the best interest of companies that you live longer. You cost them too much money, folks. You can't be up here living to 90 and 105 and stuff when they thought you're going to kill off at 70. Look at it this way. There's a high cost of bringing you into this world, keeping you alive and placing you your body to rest. But the latter is far less expensive than the first two. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's economic simplicity. It's basic math. It's common sense. So keeping... Um, so what I want you to do, if you really want to keep rocking the boat, is keep taking your multivitamins, eating healthy, working out, living life to the fullest, letting go of crap that doesn't matter, and giggle at their shocked faces. (laughs) Now let's resume our GE talk. Um, there's an equity analyst at Morningstar by the name of Joshua Aguilar, and he also follows GE, and he's quoted by Kathy Buswitz from the Associated Press as saying that Although he believes GE was way too aggressive with their approach, he doesn't think they committed fraud, as Markopoulos is suggesting. Markopoulos, on the other hand, is saying that GE's accounting practices are bigger um, of a fraud than Enron. And he says that it adds up to roughly $38 billion, which is approximately 40% of GE's market value. Their debt to equity, according to Markopoulos' team's um, numbers, would skyrocket from 3-1 to to 17-1 and that could possibly force them to file for bankruptcy. That's what he and his team are are assuming and insinuating. The report that they came up with outlines that GE has only been providing top-line revenue and bottom-line profits for its business units and getting away with leaving out sg and R&D, cost of goods sold, and corporate overhead allocations. In case you don't know what SGNA is, that's accounting speak for selling, general, and administrative expenses. If you remember our previous episode when I discussed how to lower and control business costs, I think that was like episode six or seven, um, I talked about non-production costs. Well, SG&A is a non-production cost that is reflected on the income statement, like your profit and loss statement. And then, of course, you should remember what R&D is. That's research and development. We discussed that in two prior episodes, I believe, so you should remember that. Now, I've educated you on on that. <laughs> GE's CEO, um, he's pissed off. I mean, he says that his company has done no wrong. They're in a healthy position. He's infuriated that um never contacted GE before releasing the report because had he, then he would have gotten clarification on points made that Culp says um, are actually inaccurate. And he said to prove his confidence in the company, Um, He bought what was reported as um, 2 million NGE shares. So the companies denied Mercopolis's claims, and they state that they have strong liquidity position, committed credit lines, several options that they can execute to monetize assets with ease, and they issued their own statement to CNBC last week. Um, What is so crazy with this is with the release of this report, um, GE's shares saw their biggest drop in more than a decade. Once the news came out about this possibly being bigger than Enron, their their shares just plummeted. I'm sure that this whistle being blown against them isn't helping, um, especially since they're currently being investigated by the, the SEC and the DOJ over potential accounting issues related to their insurance and power divisions. I don't know if you guys remember that, but... Um, this was reported last year, right? That that when this first came up, so it's still under investigation. And GE, of course, they say they're not guilty and they're working with investigators to clear up the matter. But with this new report, um, you know, he's handed it over to the SEC and it's clear the leaders at GE won't be sleeping much for a while. This is a lot to deal with. I mean, We talk about the nuances of starting and revamping businesses. We really don't talk about and study the headaches that come from taking over the reins of a company. You know, when you're having to step in as the new CEO or chief whatever officer, right? You don't get adequate time to see, figure out, wrap your mind around or know jack crap. I'm just going to just be just like blunt about it. You know what's before you. You may not know all the administrative granular operational grains of salt that make up your company in a short, you know, you're not, you don't have that much time. The culture is not formed around you. It's formed around the generations of people that led before you. And while you're trying to adjust that, you're trying to adjust tons more. Can you turn around a company the size and magnitude of a GE in one year? Maybe, maybe not. The board clearly felt that Flannery, who was a CEO just before, you know, um, right before Culp became CEO. They believe he couldn't do it since he hadn't done it in one year and they weren't willing to risk two or three years. Imagine the kind of pressure that is put on Culp to not only fix what was done before he got there, but now to have to answer these new allegations and anything else that surfaces. It's crazy. Um, I'm leading a free webinar training over the next few weeks where we discuss some of these nuances in sleepless nights. We go into even greater details in the class that's launching soon. Um, I give you a taste in the webinar training and then we dive in and swim around during the multi-lesson course. That's what our approach is going to be at Foreman Associates. We'll do some shorter, condensed training sessions that give you kind of a feel for what to expect in a course. That way um, you you know, going in versus just signing up blindly for courses. So, um, be sure to visit formanllc.com and it's backslash webinar to learn more about the, um, training and the upcoming course so that you can sign up. Now, guess what time it is. Don't look at your clock. You should know if you tuned in last week and heard episode eight. What time is it? What time is it? <laughs> it's time to start highlighting some business owners and continuing from last week's theme. I'm focusing on women in business who are also published authors at this time. I'm only sharing women that I know personally, professionally, and that's directly or indirectly. So if you know of other women that fit in this category, please email me, um, send that email to don't call it small biz with a Z at gmail.com. That's don't call it small biz, B I Z at gmail.com. Or you can tag any of the um, women to one of our posts on IG, Twitter, or Facebook. Alrighty then. The first woman that I want to share with you today is very special to me. Oh heck, she's just special. I've known her for several years. I don't think I will ever forget the day that she came to me and asked if I would take her under my wing. I laughed because I thought she was joking. I mean, let me clarify. She was already fast-paced, fast-moving, and forward-thinking. I couldn't see how I could best serve her, right? It's not like she was just like slugging through life. Over time, things began to unfold and make sense, though. I, I got it. I figured it out. Sometimes you need to turn to a person who can help you see things differently, or you need a person who is wired a lot like you and can appreciate you and your brain. And she's a brain, and she needs to connect to a brain, so I got it. It has been an honor and privilege spending time with this woman, learning more about her, her passions, and how she wants to serve her community, state, country, and the world. She and her family moved to Atlanta from New Orleans in the wake of Hurricane Katrina in 2005. She graduated um, from North Springs Arts and Sciences Charter School in Fulton County and earned a biomedical engineering degree, for, degree from Georgia Tech. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Ms. Jerica Richardson. Let me tell you about Jerrica. She's the co-founder of HackOut.Ninja, a company that she and co-founder Daniel Santos started in 2013. Day-to-day, Jerica handles front-end and back-end development and strategic partnerships. Her company provides the platform for you to manage your hackathons and startup ideas. Say
0: goodbye
2: so if you're a hackathon organizer entrepreneur inventor innovation officer community organizer consultant thought leader or founder then hackout.ninja might be exactly what you need Jericha describes herself as a hacktivist and it doesn't surprise me one bit that she's writing a book on the subject Jerica, you, I, I when the moment I heard I said she's gonna write and you're writing it I'm not surprised In this book, she's gonna, um, she's urging those who are tired of being ignored to pick up those dreams again and inch closer to being who you were meant to be. Years ago, Jerrica shared something on her blog that I want to share with you because I think it will speak to someone who needs to hear it. So I'm gonna read this. She wrote, "If it's not about growth, I'm not in it. Endeavors have purposes. Part of that purpose includes replication and growth. What is the value of something if it is not tested?" Growth allows for the testing grounds. When a company grows, it is gaining in its impact, whether negative or positive, and has the opportunity to go across cultures, opportunities, or even someone's wallet in the case of cross-selling. By drawing la- large co- correlations, excuse me, you are able to test the value of your essence, who you are, your creations. The world responds honestly, and history is usually a silent bystander. In my truth of seeking purpose fulfillment, it is through the desire to grow and growth that I use as a measuring stick. Wow, is that not awesome? So, I said that this episode, of course, is highlighting businesswomen who are also published authors. Well, in 2013, Jericho wrote and published a book called LP25 influence and she she wrote that under the name J.M. Richardson. Um, She said that it was written to assist readers in their journey from thought to action and it uses philosophies across a broad spectrum of resources which um, they've demonstrated a great measure of success. It also incorporates the ideas from books of the distant past to those of the distinct present right? So it blends those two. It helps to, to merge them and marry them. You will find by reading the book, there's a medley of lessons that are comprised into 25 weeks of self-reflective content. I remember when Jerrica gave me the book and I looked and I was like, what? Um, there is a, ch- uh, excerpt from chapter seven that I want to read to you. This is chapter seven in her book. It says, um, if another material is used to try to, to sharpen iron, it will either break the iron or be broken by it. Iron can only be sharpened by iron. And so when you're developing your purpose, you must surround yourself with like-minded individuals who can sharpen you and make sure that you stay on track with your designated purpose. The quote does not imply that iron is never in the company of other metals, but it does imply that it can only be sharpened By something in its likeness. There's their lesson there. You see the lesson? I'm going to let that marinate. You can purchase her book at Amazon. Or you can go to LP25Influence.com That's LP25Influence.com Last year, Jerrica started sharing her talents with Equifax. She's working there as an IT engagement manager. You would think that after all that I shared that I didn't have anything else big, bold, and exciting to share with you about her, right? But (laughs) that's wrong. I want to share some exciting news with you. I've been so, I couldn't wait to, oh, I've been waiting so long to be able to share this news. She is running for public office in Cobb County. Georgia, that is. In mid-June, she submitted her declaration of intent for Cobb Commission District 2. Yes, you heard that correctly. So, folks, if you live in Cobb, especially East Cobb, in that District 2, please, please, please check out Jericho Richardson. Learn more about her. um, Attend any event that she is at so you can really get an understanding for what she would like to be able to do to help serve in Cobb County. In an interview that she did with Wendy Parker for East Cobb News, she's quoted as saying, Running for office has always been something that's been in the back of my mind. The impact our elected representatives have can serve as an empowerment tool for the community. Jerica is running as a Democrat in what's been long-held Republican territory. I mean, long-held. And she's the only declared candidate thus far in District 2, which includes most of East Cobb. And if you live in, George, in um, Metro Atlanta, Georgia, especially if you live in Cobb, you um, District two is below Sandy Plains Road and it also includes the Cumberland Vinings area and portions of Smyrna. So to learn more about her platform and campaign, please visit Jericho for Cobb. That's J E R I C A F O R C O B B dot com. You can follow her on Twitter at J M The Advocate and you can connect with her on LinkedIn. Just look for Jerrica Richardson. And then finally, she's on Facebook at Jerica dot and the letter R. I am so proud of you, Jerrica. Love you, love you, love you. Um, and any, anyone that's in Cobb County, please, like I said, check her out and, and hopefully you'll give her your vote. Now, the next one that I'm about to introduce you to started her first business at the age of 19 on credit without an ounce of business experience and not one page of a business plan to direct her ooh. You have to hear her whole story so that you can hear the, the, the ooh and the ah and the ouch, but then see her come back. She's a wife, mother, and advocate. She connected with me a while ago on LinkedIn. She calls herself a business scalability strategist. She's been featured in numerous local and national publications, including Entrepreneur, Cosmo, and the Atlanta Tribune. Her name is T. Renee Smith, and she's the Chief Executive Officer of iSuccess Consulting Incorporated, a firm that helps small and mid-sized businesses develop growth, branding, and marketing strategies required to effectively scale their business and compete for and win business-to-business corporate and government contracts. Her company, listen closely, is in partnership with PPICW, Inc., and Delta Airlines in developing and launching their formal supplier development program. The purpose of the program is to identify key diverse suppliers that have the capabilities, um, capital, and fit within the corporate culture to scale their business. Yes, so if that's you, pay close attention. Program components include a customized curriculum, coaching, mentoring, and access to capital to help suppliers scale their business. I think that's so awesome. Past and present um, clients that her firm um, touts on their resume it includes Georgia Power, YMCA, Delta Airlines, Chrysler Corporation, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, State of Georgia, City of Atlanta, GSA, DeKalb County, Board of Health, MARTA, and hundreds of emerging and established small businesses. And so what does she also have in common with the business women that I've mentioned so far in episodes eight and nine? Yes, she's also a published author. Her first book is entitled The Authentic Woman, how to Live Your Authentic Life to Win in Marriage, Family, and Business. And her newest book is called The CEO Life, A Holistic Blueprint to Scale Your Business and Life. To get your copy of one or both and to gift them to friends, family, and associates, please visit That's treneesmith.com. That's t-r-e-n-e-e smith.com. For more information about iSuccess Consulting, please visit iSuccessConsulting.com. Woo! Now, let's round this out. Oh, my goodness. I'm excited. Are you excited? is exciting. I have a powerhouse. Oh, my goodness. I, I really need a whole episode just to do her highlight long before I even do her interview. Um... <laughs> So many of you have already read about her, you've heard about, seen, listened to, you've probably even met her. If you haven't, then this will be an extra special treat. She and I are former neighbors, like literally, we live next door to each other. She's originally from the great state of Texas, and you know that everything in Texas is big. Everything is big in Texas. So her big personality and her heart is no exception. She was named Woman Entrepreneur of the Year by the Atlanta Business League. She's a graduate of Georgetown University Law Center and is admitted to practice before the Supreme Court. She's also a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. She is a reinvention strategist and life coach, mentoring women around the world to live bolder in the areas of faith and business. As a serial entrepreneur, TV personality, and creator of the Godfidence Movement and founder of She Profits, this woman helps women turn ideas into income and faith into action, you heard that? Ideas into income, and faith into action. She's a former sports attorney, Miss America finalist, and competitor on The Apprentice. She is none other than Marshawn Evans Daniels. Oh my goodness! I'm so excited to share this highlight as the chairwoman of the Goffidence Institute. That's God like confidence, but instead of confidence, which we usually see within as self, as our self, that ego, god means that you are walking with confidence in him. So as a chairwoman of the god Institute in business school, her firm's courses, events, and results-based coaching programs, they equip you. Um, whether you're an influence or an influencer or an entrepreneur or Or your, you have that side hustle, right? To really monetize and market your message to the masses. She's been featured regularly on CNN, ESPN, Fox Business. Her client roster includes Rolls Royce, um, Hewlett Packard, NFL and NBA athletes, Home Depot, um, Delta, Tiffany and Company, Nike, and the list goes on and on. She works side-by-side with her husband, Jack Daniels, who is a psychotherapist and former host of Black Love on FYI and Lifetime, who, by the way, let me make that clear. His name is Jack Daniels, but he does not drink the whiskey Jack Daniels. So don't try to butter him or her up with a bottle because they don't drink it, (laughs) just in case you're wondering. So I share all this, and that's that's just only just a little of Marshawn. But let me just share this as it ties into this theme. She's also a best-selling author. Yes, my girl is a best-selling author. 2008, she released her book, Skirts in the Boardroom. It's a woman's survival guide to success in business and life. In 2018, she released Believe Bigger, Discover the Path to Your Life Purpose, which I read that two times, by the way. Believe Bigger is a practical, inspirational guide for women that are ready to reclaim their lives and discover a higher purpose after experiencing regret and disappointment, demonstrating that through disruption, life can become sweeter than ever imagined. I want to read an excerpt from Believe Bigger. I think that someone listening needs to hear these words and then go get the book so that they can hear the rest, right? In Believe Bigger, Marshawn wrote, In a desert season of life, the thirsty can never refresh themselves. Why not? We're in a desert. God allows us to enter desert seasons not to discourage us, but to detox us. He removes the God substitutes. All of the things and people we instinctively and habitually turn to get filled up. Thing is, nothing, no matter how good, loving, or God-inspired can ever fill the space only God can properly occupy. Substitutes are like artificial sweeteners, preservatives, and man-made toxic chemicals we were never designed to stomach. If we rely on them too much, those things pollute our heart and cripple our connection to God. For me, that substitute was my company. I liked being busy. I liked feeling and looking important. Secretly, success and the illusion of appearing and feeling significant had taken the place of God in my life. But once the substitute goes away, God shows us it was never really there. It was always a mirage, a false sense of security, something we conjure up and connect to when we're feeling insecure and incomplete. Substitutes will never satisfy. If it's not God, it's not real. Woo! Now, don't you want to go buy that book? I mean, I know that she, she wrote this book and she's speaking to women, but honestly, fellas, you can read this book and just like ignore the fact that you is supposed to be a woman to woman and just touch it human to human. Because what I shared right there, that was not gender. That was a genderless statement, a genderless experience, right? That was just a human experience. Matter of fact, that was a spiritual experience, right? That's a spiritual being experience. So I strongly recommend that you grab this book. A lot of us are walking around here with substitutes. We're thirsty in this desert. Our priorities are off. We're praying for the wrong things, investing time in the wrong people and ideas, and our personal lives are suffering. Our professional lives are suffering. It's time to believe bigger. And what you believe, you embrace through your walk. You start, you start to speak it. It starts to become your reality. So you can purchase Marshawn's book wherever retailers are, online or brick and mortar. You can listen on Audible. You can also purchase directly through her website, Marshawn.com. Join the Believe Bigger movement today at Marshawn.com. You can join the Godfidence movement at Godfidence.com. That's G-O-D. F I D E N C E dot com. Sign up for her newsletters, stock up on her books, gift them to friends, family, neighbors, co workers, associates, anyone that you meet that you think needs a reminder to believe bigger and help navigating their way through the corporate arena. Those are those two books, right? Those are the two ways that you're looking at. Follow her on social media at Marshawn Evans. You never know when she may be doing a book signing or other appearance in a city near you. Heck, find a way to have your company pay to have her speak to your team at a conference or other event. I'm telling you people, if you don't know Marshawn, you've never heard Marshawn, you never see Marshawn, she lights up a room and it's clearly her confidence that leads her. I love you dearly, Marshawn. Those are my kisses. <laughs> okay. So that was a lot, right? What do you think about these three amazing women that I just highlighted? awesomeness times 10 am i right if you recall last week i highlighted patrice washington dr belinda white Juanita bryan and lavanya jones next week we will be sharing men and women who are kicking butt in the tech industry oh yeah that's my kool-aid man voice (laughs) you don't want to miss that that, that, uh, episode next week that's episode 10 coming up next week I want to quickly shout out some businesses that I plan on highlighting in future episodes. Um, Cedric Brown Collections, The Headshot Truck, Crow Career Services, Carver's Produce, The Rose Brand, Black Women in Steam, Subculture Innovation Lab. Um, The list is so long, so keep me in your loving prayers so that I can be around each and every week (laughs) to share these and other amazing businesses. I laugh, but I'm serious. Um, I want to be able to be here to share these these businesses and other amazing um companies and the men women and men that are behind them I mean it's there's so many people that I know there's so many people that I'm connected to um either directly or indirectly um either they follow me on social media um or I've like they know me or and I know them and I just want to make sure that you know them too so um with that it's that time folks like it's the time it's time to wrap up go on our separate ways until next week if you have any questions or suggestions that you want to share please email them to us at don'tcallitsmallbiz at gmail.com like Follow and share our post on IG and Facebook at Foreman & Associates and on Twitter at the number 4MAN Associates. This podcast is also on Twitter at DCIS DCIS underscore biz podcast. You can follow me on IG at Ms. Natasha Foreman. That's M.S. Natasha Foreman. And on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Natasha L. Foreman. I want to give a shout out to Shane Ivers. The song that we use every week in this show is called Higher Up. And I love it and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to use this. Thank you for tuning in, sharing with others, and for your continued support. And don't forget what I tell you on every single episode. Don't call what you're planning, thinking, dreaming, or doing little or small. Go big, go bold, or go nowhere. I will see you all next week.